Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, are you ready to receive the word today? Is your heart ready to receive the word? The second coming of Jesus is the foundation of Christianity. Uh, the second coming, the return of Christ. Just as he left, he will come again. It's clear. Just as he left, he will come again. Well, that leaves us with two questions. When and what do we do until? That's the two questions we're left with. Well, this first question, when, has been argued and speculated for over 2,000 years. The question when the church gets so caught up in prophesying on when he's going to return that we've completely and totally overlooked the, the second question, what do we do? So what do we do? Now, let me just start off by saying I get it. I get it. I had a lot rather myself talk about and preach about and read about the end times than I had read about, get up and go to work with my hands. Pay my bills, owe no man nothing, get out of debt. I, I get it. To read about create and to maintain a marriage that is an illustration of Christ and the church. Woo! Now create that. Yeah, that's a lot more fun to talk about when he's going to come back than it is be well respected and well thought of by outsiders. But it's sad to say that this is where a lot of Christians find themselves. Now, just FYI, keep in mind, the Bible says a day as is a thousand years to the Lord. So in God's eyes, it's only been two days since Jesus left. So just put that in perspective. Jesus didn't leave us any doubt, any worry, any concern. He, he was very, very clear in Mark chapter 13, the disciples were asking him, what and when and well, how's all this going to happen? And, and in verse 5, a, a key verse, don't let anyone mislead you. Don't let anyone mislead you. There are some signs. But no one knows when, not even the angels. Only God knows when. Now, when I read that, I'm kind of wowed by anybody that would wade in and write a book on when. <laughs> or preach with charts and graphs on when like they know. Jesus don't know. The angels don't know. Only God knows. But you know too now. Okay. It, many over the years have allowed themselves to be misled. And since only God knows when, what our job is to do is take care of day in and day out, maintaining, occupying until he does come. Mark 13, 32, the angels don't know. Jesus said he doesn't know. Then we read in the next four sentences, three times he says, watch, watch, watch. Three times in just those verses, watch, Watch, watch. Church, it's clear our job is to not know when. Our job is to watch. Our job is to watch and be ready. 
The title today is Watch. Watch. The first thing when I read watch, 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 I, I was reading that over and over and I went, what, what does that mean? And I just turned around and grabbed the dictionary. And get this, the dictionary says the word watch is a keeping awake, protect or guard, vigilant, careful guarding, to look attentively and constantly. Whoa, what does the Bible, what's God's word tell us to watch? Keep awake, protect, guard, vigilant, always, constantly watching. Well, as we look in scripture, there are five areas that the Bible calls us to watch. And to help us today, we're going to put this up on the screen for you to follow. I always like putting these like this up on the screen. For those in here who are anxious for me to be done, you can kind of know where I am and how much more you got to endure. Right now, we're just starting, so you better buckle your seat. We got a few minutes. When we get on down to C, you can start getting excited. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, watch how you live. Watch how you live. Let's start off with words. We talk about this a lot here. The reason we do is very simple. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue brings death or life. You will reap its consequences. How important is that? We've got to watch over our words. Watch over our words. We teach this a lot in this church because it brings life and death. Your words are creating life or death. You have to keep awake, protect, guard, careful guarding, constantly guarding your words because life and death are in the power of your tongue. Now, this is a constant for us. Now, I realize it's more difficult for some in here than it is for others. I've been abundantly blessed with a very smart aleck mouth. I have a quick comeback, really quick comeback, sarcastic comeback. So I've got to really watch over my words. I've got to watch over my words. I hate this job. I can tell you right now, I hate working down here. This job ain't doing it for me. I hate it. My boss is always... It's impossible for someone who says that to enjoy their day. It won't happen. You can't have a good day. You can't be blessed. You can't have life in peace. You can't look forward to your day because your words create. When you say, I love this job, I love working here, this job is a blessing to me, it opens up an avenue for peace to come for joy to come. See, it opens up an attitude for you to be happy. Well, Tim, I just can't say it when it's not true. Look, no job is 100% perfect. No job is 100% bad. You just choose to speak words that are negative or you choose to speak words that are positive. You're gonna find something good about this job and you're gonna talk about that or you're gonna find something bad about this job and you're gonna talk about that and your words are gonna create the type of day you have. You have chosen to look at the bad part, and your words are creating death for your day. 
Are you protecting, guarding, are you constantly watching over the words out of your mouth? Is your mouth running out of control? Well, Tim, I didn't really mean that. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean, then what am I to assume about why you did say it? If you didn't mean to say it, and you, I hate you, I hate the day we got married, I wish you had, okay, if you really didn't mean all of that, then what are we to assume as the reason you said that, are you completely out of control with your mouth? Come on, your mouth has got to be watched over. You have to stay awake, you have to guard. See, your marriage, what are you saying? You watch every word out of your mouth. When you come home with your kids, with your spouse, with your family, come on. We're in the middle, in case you don't recognize, we're in the middle of an end times message. I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I do know you better get a hold of your words. It's an end time message today. Watch over your words. Watch over your words about your money. Watch over your words about your marriage. Watch over your words about your job. Watch over your words about your church. Watch over your words about your kid's school, about your kid's teacher in school. Don't let the emotion of the moment have your words because your words create and you can't reel them back in. I hate you. I'm getting a divorce. Uh, You're fat. You're stupid. I hate your guts. Whoa, 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 whoa. When those words go out, you're not ever going to reel back the impact that they had when you spoke them. Here's our job. Keep awake. Stay vigilant. Watch over your words. Your attitude. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. New Living Version says, You must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus had. Well, when we read that, then obviously our attitude is our choice. You don't wake up and see what happens during the day to give you your attitude. You choose your attitude. You choose your attitude and it is a result of you watching over your attitude. I cannot choose what happens in life. I can't choose what happens in life. I can choose my attitude about it. I can choose my attitude about what just happened. Philippians 2, 5 says, have the same attitude Christ Jesus had. That means we determine our attitude. We're letting the world determine our thoughts and our attitudes. Now, here's what's concerning me about where we have gotten ourselves in this world. All of these emotional disorder diagnoses. And we continue to come up with a new diagnosis on a very regular basis. Since the beginning of time, there have been individuals who were very hyperactive. And what we said for hundreds of years is, that kid's going to accomplish great things. That kid will do the work of three people. Good grief, that kid's going to grow up and own four businesses and be the president of six other companies. All at the same time. See, that's what we did say. Now what we say is, you know, my son has been diagnosed and we got him on some medication because there is nothing that can be done about his condition. See, we've always had kids that were quiet and withdrawn. And so what we would say is, well, that kid's a thinker. That kid's an inventor. That kid's a creator. That kid's a songwriter. 
kid's going to be an artist. That kid's going to be rich. That kid is going to bless tens of millions of people with an invention that God gives him while he's in his room by himself quiet. But see, now it's a disorder. We put on medicine, and that diagnosis is now how you see yourself. Something is incurably wrong with me. We're to have the attitude of Christ. We're to have the attitude that Jesus had. Our attitude determines our life. But our attitude now is being determined by these diagnoses that people now identify themselves with. Because, I mean, Tim, you know, well, I don't know if you know, I've been diagnosed as. See, my son has been diagnosed as. My daughter, my wife has been diagnosed with. Come on, let's choose the word of God for our life. Here is what I've been diagnosed with. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Greater is... Did you hear what happened? I took my son into the doctor last week. He's been diagnosed with greater is he that's in him than he that's in the world. See, that, that was a diagnosis I just got. This is how I've been diagnosed. I'm more than a conqueror. See, if, if you don't know me, I've been diagnosed as more than a conqueror. Just amazing. This concerns me greatly. When more and more Christians, Bible readers, start out the conversation with telling you how they've been diagnosed. And they start out by saying, well, my wife has been diagnosed with, my son has been diagnosed with. Come on, let's start out by saying, my son has been diagnosed with there is a power that's greater than he is that lives inside. See, he went to youth group. He started going to youth group down there at that church. And there a power came inside him that's greater than any force out here in this world. And my son has been diagnosed with greater is in me than he that's in this world. See, my, my daughter has been coming with, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You set your attitude on the word. You don't set your attitude on some non-medical non-scientific diagnosis that was a result of somebody talking with you and analyzing you. That's not what you set your mind on. Let me just tell you, if you want to be diagnosed, come see me. I'm going to talk with you. We'll get some BBs and you can move them around on the table and I'll watch you. And then I'm going to say, you are a child of God. Whoa, I can see by the way this conversation is going, you are a chosen child of God. He knew you when you were being formed in your mother's womb, and he's got a plan for you, and I diagnose you. I diagnose you as more than a conqueror because of who's inside you. If you're going to live happy, if you're going to live blessed, if you're going to live a successful fruit bearer in life, then you will have to identify the diagnosis that God has given you instead of diagnose, instead of identify with a diagnosis that somebody else has put on you. I'm not watching to see what happens in my day. I'm choosing my own attitude. Let's choose an attitude and identify with God's word and what he says about you. Temptations. The word tempt means to entice to do wrong, to attract. Now, while we're waiting for Jesus to return, we watch. 
What do we watch? We watch over everything that entices me to do the wrong thing. I got to watch over everything that attracts me to go in a direction that God says he hates. God's clear on sin. Now, I'm being attracted to go in sin. I'm going to have to watch over that. Vigilantly, constantly, I've got to guard myself. Now, all of us are a little different, and we all have different pasts. And we all have different things that tempt us. It's the same devil. It's the same devil that's tempting all of us. No man is without temptation. We all are tempted, but we'll be tempted in different ways because different things attract us. If someone slips up to you on your way out of church today and says, Hey, this afternoon, let's go take a gun, shoot the glass out of the front of the bank, and let's run in and get us some money. What? Uh, uh, I'm busy this afternoon. I need to take a nap. (laughs) See, that does not entice me. Now, if you are a former, very successful bank robber, then that may entice you. But I am not gifted at robbing banks. I'm pretty convinced the glass would cut me on the way in and somebody would shoot me on the way out. So I'm not really tempted by doing that. How many in here are not a sardine lover. I'm not a sardine lover, not at all. I've got a case back in the back of my truck. Slip around behind the church. After dark, we'll get some. Hmm? Uh, No. I don't even want to be in the same county when you open one of those cans. Church, here's what I'm telling you. What is a temptation for one may not be a temptation for the other. But the devil tempts you and what is attracted to you to pull you away from God's plan for you. And you have to watch over that. Now, church, I get it. I get it. I had rather myself go to a church that preaches every Sunday on the end times. I don't want to hear a sermon about pornography. I don't want to hear a sermon, if you're an alcoholic, about alcohol. You know, I don't want to hear a sermon about that every Sunday. I don't hear a sermon about being nice to my wife. I want to be mean. See, I don't want to hear a sermon about that. Let me just tell you, pornography will kill you. It will destroy your life. It'll destroy your life. I'd like rather talk about something else than get into my personal business. Oh, gambling is an addiction. It comes little by little by little. If you win, well, you sure got to do it again. That was easy money. If you lose, you got to gamble again to get back what you lost. They got you. And it just grows, and it grows, and it grows until it consumes your life. So I'd rather talk about the end times and stay faithful to one wife. What fun is that? Come on. Here's where we are as a church. This is an end times message. Live your life pleasing to God until he comes back. Live your life pleasing to God in a manner that he can bless until he returns. The two biggest pieces of advice that I can give you about temptation is number one, know the area that the devil gets you in. You've got to step up to the plate and say, here's my weak area. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. We all have a weak area. We all have a weak area. Be a man. Step up and say, this is my weak area. Recognize where the enemy wants to get you. And then the second thing is, guard against that. 
manage against that. Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 15 says, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's those little foxes. If alcohol gets you, then I would highly suggest you not go fishing on a hot day with the people who have an ice chest full of alcohol in the boat. For crying out loud. You got to manage your weakness and don't get yourself in a place for that temptation to overtake you. Men, if women are a temptation to you, don't get by yourself after dark. In a, are you getting this? If pornography is a problem, keep your computer in the living room, not back in your bedroom where you can close the door. I mean, you watch over where the devil is getting you. While we're waiting on Jesus to return, keep awake, protect yourself, guard yourself. That's what watch means. Don't stop by the bar just to watch a little football on the way home. And I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'm just often told about some crisis or some disaster that happened in somebody's life. And Tim, let me tell you what happened last weekend, and I know I shouldn't. And I know. My first question is, why did you go to that party to begin with? What were you doing in that place for that to happen? See, where you struck out was not when it happened. You struck out when you went there for it to happen. Come on, you got to manage your life in such a way that temptations don't get you. You got to watch and guard. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 22. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Run from things that stimulate lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. If you will keep yourself around people who call on the Lord with a pure heart and are pursuing the Lord, it will help keep you going down the straight path. Y'all are holding me up. We got to move on. C, your character. Proverbs 10, 9. He who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will become known. Character. That word means moral strength, your reputation, your behavior. Let me just ask you this. When your name is mentioned in a group and you're not there, what's the first word said? When your name is mentioned in a group, you're not there, is the first word said, he's a good man. Boy, she is a great woman. I'm telling you, I don't know where our church would be without her. What is said, if I ever need anybody in the middle of the night, he's who I would call. See, what is said when your name is mentioned? Boy, that guy is a real servant. Boy, that guy's a real giver. I don't know what our church would do without them. What is said about you? Boy, that sucker is a hothead. I can tell you right now, you're talking about smart mouth. I don't know if you know him or not, but that joker's got a smart mouth. I don't know if you know her. She's as undependable as the weather. See, as a Christian, as a member of the church, what is your reputation? The Bible says we are to be thought well of by outsiders. We are to be thought well of by outsiders. What do the lost think about you when your name is mentioned? Oh, he's a, he's a nice guy, but you talk about undependable. He'll never do what he says he's going to do. I'm telling you, she'll be late to her own funeral. I'm telling you, you better watch her. She'll steal from her mother. 
I mean, what's said about you? What is said when your name is mentioned? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Imitate God in everything you do. Verse 8. Live as people of the light. Verse 15. Be careful how you live. So many places in Scripture we could turn to read how others see you and the importance of that. Church, it's not the t-shirt you wear. It's not the sermon you preach. It's a life of godly character that you live each and every day of your life, wherever you are. I can tell you, for me, it's a full-time job. My character can twist off in a New York second. I wish it wasn't so, but it is. I'm telling you, I can just unfly off the handle. I got a quick temper. My attitude just, you talking about attitude, go south instantly. I was just happy one second ago. What happened to me? While I'm waiting on Jesus to return, I need to be a man of integrity and walk in character. I, that's what's, while I'm waiting on Jesus to return, may it be said by all who know you, she's a good woman. If I ever need anything, I'd call her because she's a real servant. For all those who are paying attention and awake, last one. You can know this joker has drugged this out about as long as he's going to. He's out of notes. He'll have to stop. You got to watch over your household. Now, that word household in the dictionary means the home and its affairs. That's where you live and the business of where you live. From the youngest to the oldest in here, we all live somewhere. We all live somewhere. Where you live each day, where you hang your hat, now all of the business of that, you have to watch over it. You have to watch over it. That means the doors, the windows, the air conditioner. That means the trash, the dog, the electric bills. That means the gas bill, the relationships with the people in that house, the kids, the mate. Most of us have people living with us that we're not kin to. They just showed up, and for some reason, they're eating in our house. They're just here. And so, okay, that's now, that's my household. This is our daily life. Are you watching over that? Are you protecting it? Are you guarding it? Are you constantly attentive to it? See, we, we oftentimes get very attentive when we're out here in the workaday world. Well, we're polite, we're congenial, we put the smile on, we got a right attitude. Then we come home and act like a rear end. I mean, my, we come home and good Lord, what, I, what who in this coming here screaming and yelling and hollering and threatening? And, well, you know, I wish you would have stayed at work. I wish you had a car wreck on the way home from work. I, you know, I don't even want you to come home for crying out loud. You, you see, well, what happens when we, you got to watch over the household. That's not a 2,100 square foot heated and cool space. That's all of the business of that place. Watch over where you live daily. Teens, you're in your parents' house. They're paying for it. But it is your household until you move out. That's where your life is. You see the trash is full. You take it out without having to be told and told and told and threatened. You see the trash full, take the trash out. That's your household. You see the dishes, clean them. Well, I didn't dirty them. It don't matter who dirtied them. They're dirty and they're in the sink. 
do the dishes. See, you, you see the unmade bed. We've got to be responsible over the affairs of what it takes to maintain and run this household. When you walk in, do you walk in and bring joy? Do you bring fun? Do you bring laughter? Is everybody that's there happy to see you come in? Or do you walk in and suck the life out of the room? When you walk in, it goes south in a New York second. Your rotten attitude just comes in and all over everybody. Come on, teens, you've got a responsibility to watch over your household. Let me tell you, my wife had much rather sleep in. in the, I like to get up early. She'd re, much rather sleep in. Every single morning, she'd rather sleep in. But every morning, she gets up early and has coffee with me and fixes my breakfast. Why? Because she's watching over our household. See, you, you do what you don't want to do because you're watching over my household. Here's the business of this house. I'm watching over my household. It's just sad that Christians get so weird, so super spiritual weird, that they can't function in life. You, you know, when I'm asked, oh, Tim, did you hear about this prophecy of this end times? I want to say, did you cook supper? Because I'm more interested if you cook supper for your family last night than I am this latest greatest deal that you've gotten sucked into that's twisting you off. Come on, how's the laundry? Are you cleaning the gutters? Did you mow the lawn? Is your yard clean, nice? It's a blessing to the neighborhood as people drive by. See, the affairs of your household. It's No doubt you had a hard day. No doubt you worked hard. But you come in and you go straight to the backyard and start playing pitch. Why? Because I'm working on the affairs of my household. We're going in the backyard. We're going to play pitch. We're going to wrestle. We're going to play chase throughout the living room. The wife is going to start yelling, y'all stop before you knock something over. And y'all are playing chase all through the house in the living room. See, you're bringing fun. You're, you're watching over your household. I hate it that you had a horrible day, but you don't come in and wreck the household with how miserable you are. For all of those of you who are in here that have roommates and there's several of you living together, you have a household that you're responsible for. You check in with each other. Where are you going tonight? Where are you going tomorrow? Where will you be this weekend? What time will you be home? I'm not checking up on you. I just want to know what time to be expecting you. And if you're not coming back by then, then I'll be out looking for you. See, we're, we're taking care of our household. Make no mistake about it today. Jesus is coming back. Don't ever say at your church, my pastor never teaches on the end times because I just did in case you missed it. Without a doubt, we are in the end times. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt because we're 2,000 years closer than we were when we started. Jesus doesn't know, the angels don't know when, but here's what you and I do. We watch. Each day of our life, we watch, we stay alert, we pay attention. We guard, we watch over our words, we watch over our attitude, we watch over our temptations. We watch them. We watch over our character. We watch over our household. This is an end times message today. Until Jesus returns, cook supper, mow the lawn, make a living, pay the bills, and imitate Jesus everywhere you are.
Don't hit and miss in your relationship with the Lord. Don't hit and miss in your study of God's Word. Don't hit and miss in your prayer time with Him. Be in church. Be in church. Be in church. Raise your kids in church. You're never too tired. You're never too busy to have your kids in church. Be a giver. G give your offerings and absolutely never rob God by not paying the tithe that belongs to him. Pay your tithes. Give your offerings. Live blessed and enjoying every day of your life because you are watching. Y'all stand. Lord, today we watch over our life. We roll up our sleeves and we watch. Devil, you're not getting us. You're not destroying us. You're not wrecking our life. We're watching. We're watching. We thank you, Lord, for direction as we live our life pleasing, glorifying you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.